Episode 34, Hey Love Podcast. I felt good holding on to that anger and that Nursing that wound. Oh, yes. Anyone on the planet would be like, well, that's rightfully so. Welcome to Hey Love, engaging the introverted woman in soul care, spirituality, and social spaces. Here, it's all about relationships. Hey love, thanks for coming back for part two with artist friend, lover of humans, Amy Sheehan. Last week, she and I talked about connections that we've made with people that we have absolutely nothing in common with and our tendency to manipulate people close to us, namely our husbands. Well, today you're going to get to hear me and Amy talk about a conflict that we had a few years ago and how we work through it. Neither of us know how to do any of this perfectly yet, and we probably won't until we get home. But for now, we keep practicing with people that we love because, you know, that's what you do. Like Amy says, unity and friendship, they're worth fighting for. In this episode, I get a little weepy as she is expressing how she feels about our friendship. I can hear all day long how somebody feels about a friendship with somebody else. Like last week when Amy was talking in episode one about Miss Janice, who was her best friend who lived in the government housing. But when I heard Amy's take on us, on our friendship, it tore me up. So my apologies because I'm sniffling and snorting. My bad. When I had a setback in my recovery from Lyme disease a few years ago, I asked three friends to fast and pray with me for my healing. And of course, Amy was one of those friends. I cannot imagine my life without her in it. Seriously. To this day, even though we live on opposite sides of the world and don't attend the same church campus anymore, she is still one of my very closest soul sisters. She, for years, led a prayer group at church, and I learned so much from her about just sitting with Jesus. Also, she makes it a point every year to ask everybody in the Create Together group that Amy heads up in the Housing Authority Every year, Amy would have us pray about a word for the year, and she always would write down everybody's word, and she would pray around that word for each one of us all year long. Today, Amy and I have another heart-to-heart, and I'm so glad you're getting to know her, too. She's going to pick up right where she left off last week, talking about the changes that happened in her late 30s. Here is lover of humans, Amy Sheehan. Simply, there was a video in our church of um, women that had gone through Waking Up Gray. And it was one of those artistic Sundays where they had a lot of art, artists and painters really? and stuff that day. So they're showing the video, and I'm listening, and I i don't know if this happens to, to you, but I got an emotional response where I, of course, when I get an emotional response in a group of people, then it makes me want to flee. Like, really? fight or flight. Like, I need to get out of here. Hmm. And, um, yeah, I just started weeping and I, I, I didn't even, I remember not even knowing why, but I must've looked like a crazy person climbing over <laughs> everybody in the middle. Cause I happened to be sitting in the middle aisle in the middle section of our church and Aww. climbing over everybody and just trying to leave to get to my car. And on the way mm-hmm. I passed, um, a mutual friend that we have, Lori, mm-hmm. um, who Newell. had a little, I guess a little booth set up who was going to be starting a Waking Up Cray Bible study, and she was, she was in the video. 
if she says hi, you know, toss me in her like, you know, she's got like honey dripping from her. She's, she's so like sweet. so syrupy sweet and those big blue eyes or whatever. And she just like <laughs> caught me and hugged me and I ugly cried in her shoulder. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just wow. something. And I, I, I didn't even know why, but I needed to do that Bible study. And I'm so impressed with our church that they actually featured that study because it's a little left of center, yes. but I love that. Sweet. So I felt like he like hooked my heart and dragged mm. me to her and then into that study, which was all about identity mm. for me anyway. I mean, it's about creative identity, but for me, it was really about, um, I, I, I don't need to try to be that woman who's quiet and, you know, he like really unpeeled all the, you're not too much and showed me how mm. he sees me and, Oh, thank God. Which was, um, yeah, he, that, yeah, took me from almost a self-love, not hate, but just always wanting, like, so unsatisfied, still unsatisfied, but unsatisfied with who I was and felt like I was too much and or misunderstood and wanted to be somebody else. When I think of what the world would be like without Amy being Amy, I just shudder. Thank you. It's it, it's a difficult place to be when people like you're that combination of extrovert and introvert, uh-huh. right there. And because was, when I'm when when someone with a big personality or just loves people and I'm passionate and I get excited for the littlest things, I like to have fun. Mm-hmm. So you put someone like you know us in a mix of people, and <laughs> then that's all you that that's all you see. But that's not who I really feel like I am. So who are you really now? Well, I didn't realize. I mean, that's the identity that I had created, like to, to be, you know, the peacemaker, or harmonious and fun, mm. you know, all, all the time. And he just really stripped me down. Um, and that's painful whenever he's reshaping your identity and showing you all those layers of how you created yourself. Like hmm. when he takes on that genesis of you for real, when you surrender and allow him to do that, you, I'm still that, all that, but it's okay. Like there's purpose in the kingdom for that when I'm bringing glory to him. When it's, when he, I hadn't, he showed me I have no right to myself. I have no rights to my hands, my feet, my brain, my heart, my feelings, nothing. Because if he's truly the creator of, of, of us, which he is, then it's all intended for him anyway. Like Ephesians 2.10 were his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good work, good works and walk in them. So that he's already planned out. He's already us. planned that. I mean, he saw me when I Thank was formless. He saw my frame. Hmm. When I was without form, his eyes saw me hmm. in that secret most place. Like that's what his word says. Psalm 139. So how could I not want to be who he died for, who he created me to be? Hmm. And when you are just living for yourself, um, and when you're not even liking who he created you to be. Hmm. So I am, I can be too much. I can have, a, I, I, I do have a big personality. Um, but hopefully it's bringing glory to him. And for him in my life is, you know, he, I've been my free will every morning. That the Holy Spirit would bend every single chromosome or molecule, DNA, every piece of myself, including my free will to his will, however he wants to use it. 
But it sounds like you have found freedom in that, even though mm-hmm. you're bending your free will to, you know, lean into his plan. You just seem so free in it. I, it seems it like is free, it, but it's also, you know, like, but it keeps me dependent on him. And is that challenge? Because I do recognize, you know, when you're in a group of people and you're the party girl or whatever, that now there's that freedom to not be. I can just sit. I, and I don't have mm-hmm. to explain everything. I don't have to, mm-hmm. you know, we get to that place where, uh, you know, you, I think it's a really big theme in churches right now where you tell your story, that you own your story, you own your truth, you are um, being authentic in real community. That's all great stuff. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, it's okay to just be where you are and be with him where you are and not even have to explain it. I mean, he's the truth. He's in the story, the author of the story and in it. So So it sounds like you're saying it's not about me. It's it's still not about us. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and there's freedom in just being, showing up in each moment being. and just being. Yeah. Like, without even having to orchestrate or maybe it's spontaneousness stuff too, but just show up with whatever you got, wherever you are. If you're in a bad mood, be in a bad mood. If you don't feel like wearing makeup, don't wear makeup that day. Um, I mean, as simple as it can be. Like, if you just, just show up, I guess. That sounds very freeing. It is. And it reminds me of... Um, John Piper saying that God is most glorified when we're most alive in Him. Mm-hmm. When we're most ourselves. We're yes. Just because then if we're not ourselves and we're trying to be somebody else, like, you know, I used to want to, um, oh, when I were be the best sales, you know, be this type of salesperson, be seen as, when you really want or trying to create your identity to be seen a certain way, then who is he even in relationship with? Who mm. is who is the triune relational God even able to be hmm. in relationship with? I mean, how did you're, you're relating to him out of that falseness, not even who, who, it's who not you the are. Core of you. And it becomes a habit. The, when you try to create your identity or you have some notion on who you want the world to see, then that's who you become. And hmm. so even in your own relationship with yourself, Sherlock's disappears. Mm-hmm. It feels like. At least in my experience. And I'm also understanding that my experience does not have to be someone else's principle. Like all that I'm even right. saying right now, right. this was my experience. But it doesn't mean that this is how it is for you, Carthy, or for, you know. Yeah. It's great to hear different perspectives. So do you have a word for the year? I love how you have mm-hmm. led my, our My word for this year group. I thought was going to be really exciting. I was really excited about it because it's explore. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be fabulous. <laughs> And it hasn't been? No, because I thought exploring, like we were going to be like, I was going to be exploring with him. We're going to be doing some really fun stuff. Maybe I'd even get a tattoo. <laughs> I mean, like exploring was going to be, woohoo! And no, it's exploring more of, you know, myself, more of, um, yeah, all of that. <laughs> all of that. You know, gosh, don't you just ever want to be to a place where, oh, you know, the potter is, he's, he's, He's done. He's done. With the and this is what this piece of clay <laughs> looks like. And, you know, or I've been buffed and shined and now sparkle and I'm a perfect image or reflection. And Aww. I'm done. You want to be Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> With him. Like him. Or his mirror. You know, we're yeah. made in his image. Yeah. Not be Jesus, but no. we should be Jesus to people, though. I mean, yeah, we are supposed to do that, too. But Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sorry. I, I've, I, I was thinking about... 
that Jesus is the only perfect reflection. Yes. But you're a shining example because of, of a Christian because you're repentant. And, and it's dependent. never done. It's it? never done. No, our whole lives. This side of heaven. It's not going to be. But one day. No, sometimes whenever I, I feel like, oh, whoo, I feel really good. I feel, gosh, this is great. Then it's like, if we're like, you know, like one of those river rocks or something that are so smooth, whatever, it's almost like he takes a little chisel and then knocks off a little piece and there's some roughness there again. Mm. Then it's going to have to go through years of, oh. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's always something to work on. Well, I was telling you before we started recording that, you know, here I am doing this podcast about relationships and and community and, you know, resolving conflicts, and then I keep finding myself in conflicts. It's very humbling. And I don't think I have more conflicts than the average person. I just think that... No, but how great is that? God keeps in conflict. So you, because you're talking about conflicts... It's so like, don't it would be really patience. difficult for you to talk about conflicts if then all of a sudden you just never had any more. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I thought, you know, now I've got this. Now I know how to do it. No, I have any more. We're humans. No, we no, got no. this skin on, so there's yeah. going to be some conflict yeah. all the time. And so um, I told you that I'm meeting with a friend and a mediator later this week to talk over conflict. And, you know, there is a better way than what we've been yes. doing. And to be able to... Um, like we learn how to do different skills. We learn how to sew. We learn how to cook. We learn how to clean our house. Mm-hmm. Conflict resolution is a skill we can learn. Yes, and and I've stay in it because relationships are worth it. Yeah, it's worth fighting. I mean, how for many them. times do we miss out on something when we didn't like tend to it or fight for that relationship? Totally, because it's too. We just easy would walk away in this day and age to sweep something under the rug because we can go off and do the next thing or make new friends mm-hmm. or get busy here or there and. I'm trying to not do that. I'm trying mm-hmm. to bloom where I'm planted and really try to cultivate depth and intimacy right where I am. And, oh, my gosh, I've done it wrong so many times. But now that I'm learning these skills, it's like I I can't not practice them. I can't. Right. Have we ever had a conflict yet? Well, I was trying to think. Um, <laughs> I don't feel like... <laughs> No, well, okay, so I think um, I remember you were sharing your heart with me. Um, we were eating Thai food. Really? That coconut soup, Tom Kai Kai, whatever that it is. That made us both sick. Yes, it did. Oh, um, we yeah. won't say the place. So That's you were so telling funny. me what's an idea that you had or some conversations you were ha- having about um, yoga. yoga and some things. Yes. I and I became a little defensive, but I remember having a little, t- it was like a little tinge a little bit of something that changed mm. in my voice mm. when I was talking to you mm. and I remember a little something that changed in your face that you're like oh well and I could I may not have sensed it right at that I mean I sensed it mm. but until I got in my car then I was like mmm like because the Holy Spirit can be so quick if we let him <laughs> so I could called you and I was like I Aww. am sorry that Aww. I um stepped on that or said I don't remember exactly what it was but I, 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 was, I, I wasn't sweet. supportive or whatever and you were like oh yes I did feel that mm. and I said I'm sorry you, and you which you're so good at saying is I forgive you because mm. that's important but that was that was it and we went on yes well you I know? think it says a lot about you that you you know were sensitive to the Holy Spirit 
and he convicted you and then you acted on it. You called me and I felt safe enough to say, mm -hmm. yes, that did mm -hmm. hurt. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I, I vaguely remember that, but um, I think that was probably one of the many reasons that I felt like I could trust you with anything. And probably felt mm -hmm. more so after that conflict mm -hmm. or whatever rupture that caused, oh, yeah. even if it was short-lived. It's like when you have a conflict and resolve it mm -hmm. in a healthful way, it's, it can really increase intimacy in a friendship. Yes, I think so too. And I, yeah, I totally feel like I can trust you with my heart. Because we're, how can, I mean you be in a relationship and never really have, any, I mean, any kind of something like that. Yeah. You do go deeper. You get to work it out. You get to, s not that I wish for a conflict. Right. Maybe we should right have on. one right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have it out. <laughs> but, but it it's does. Great because I really feel like I can call you about anything at any time and ask you to pray, even though we don't see each other mm -hmm. that often. Oh, yeah, and I feel like you are for me all the time. Like, even if, um, I think sometimes we feel like in relationships we have to be, like, the same. We all have to, like, like the same stuff and be like, I feel like you're always for me, always. And my time with you always tastes really good, like a really exquisite fine meal. Like, it lingers for hours afterwards. Wow, I don't even know why I teared up, but the feeling is totally mutual. You are you need one me to pray of my right now for dearest you? friends. You, are you okay? Yeah, this is just a gratitude. I'm so grateful. I'm so honored that you feel that way about me, and I feel the same way. Yes. It's a real treasure. I mean, I think it's pretty rare that you know, people can feel that level of trust and closeness with a friend, a real friend. And I'm just so happy and thankful for it. That's all. It's a gift. Well, it is. I mean, it is a gift. Yeah. Because I've had friends that um, I know I have um, made mistakes or messed up or... Um, you know, but this, I can feel there's a conflict or something there, but, mm. um, and I prayed plenty of times, like, what exact is that that I need to repent to, or where did they go? Because they'll just, you know, all of a sudden will disappear. disappear and, or, yeah, I've had that too. And clearly something, um, yeah, happened, but which, I mean, that, that does hurt, um, when, friendships go away that mm -hmm. because I'll, I would I'll be fighting for you for our friendship mm -hmm. me too we can pledge that to each other uh -huh. Hebrews 10 24 I believe it says um, let's not stop meeting together mm. and pulling for each other and um, praying for each other I think that's what makes me so it's, you know, I don't even see you, but a few times a year, but you're always the first one I can call and say, will you please pray for this? And I always know you're going to pray for me. It is an, it's an honor. It's an honor to pray for you. 
to fast for you, to do whatever he requires of me whenever I am meditating, praying, walking, yeah, running, doing all that about you. I love the one time that you asked me to pray for you whenever Lyme disease came back and I was on that run and then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, look at all these green leaves everywhere. Lime is green. There are hearts everywhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, you created Lyme. Why is Lyme, you know, it... When I'm having a conversation with him about you, like it just draws me, like I love to hear what the father thinks about you and what he, all of that. It's like, how sweet is that when a friend asks you to pray for them and then you get to have a conversation with God about that person. That person. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that makes me so tender is when you pray for me, you you are really good about relaying what God has said to you about me. <laughs> and that is Even just if it doesn't make sense to me sometimes. A whole new <laughs> angle, a whole new perspective that I would not have seen. I mean, I feel like Blair gives me a glimpse of God's love for me, but you are really good about letting people know this is how God loves you. This is how God sees you. And this is what God gave me for you today. Yes. And so that's what it is. It's, it's more about God even than it is about you. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Well, because prayer is listening. Yeah. And having a conversation with Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it encourages yes. my faith like crazy to lean on you and ask you to pray for things. Well, it's and that, good. you know... It's a good thing. That's kind of like being in community, like, I don't know, community prayer. Like, when you ask me to pray, then it's, you know, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we're, we're all talking. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm going to, because we're in a relationship, I'm going to tell you what, what he said. Yeah. And I, I feel like we, you know, we could, um, our communities are just so fragmented and not... We, I, I think it's, I don't know that God intended for us to be living like this, so isolated and fragmented. And I think no, he really he intended for us to do life more like what you're talking about. The community that Jesus has with the Holy Spirit and God, all three of them in the Trinity are complete. They're one in three, three in one. Mm-hmm. They laugh together. They romp around together all over. Run in the mountains. Can you just imagine their play? I mean... What a great time they're having all the time, the fellowship. And then we down here thinking that we don't need that. When the God of the universe is is living it, we're saying, yeah, you guys have that, but we don't need it. (laughs) That just is crazy. Yeah, that's why I like to leave hearts. I mean, take heart. In this world, you will have trouble, but I have overcome. Like... You leave hearts on your path as you're running in the um, park for strangers. Yeah, we should be doing life together and encouraging um, yeah. each other. The, in Ephesians 3 somewhere, it talks about um, the purpose of Jesus. The crucifixion was God's plan to show all of the powers, um, not angels, but all the powers of the heavenly, the cosmic powers, like the dark forces, the mm. unification and glorification mm. of him, like, And so when we're not living in community and loving each other well as Christians, then are we saying that God's purpose or his plan failed? Like Mm. we, we, he created us to on for that purpose to worship and to be unified. I mean, we're a body. That's not one person. It's a body. 
We're not just a leg or a Yeah, we're supposed, to, we're supposed to be love each other and be in community, in relationship. And I wonder if he didn't and say more about it in the Bible because it was almost like a given. Yeah. You know, just like people didn't, I don't know that anybody ever wrote down the recipe to make coffee, but we all knew how right. to make coffee. It's like, it just yeah, got passed down. Well. Your coffee's great. Share a recent redemption story. I think sometimes it's a little sticky, especially, you know, family members sometimes are the hardest to confront. Sticky, yes. You know, um, but the, <laughs> a rec- the most recent, like, time of forgiveness, mm-hmm. because I think it was my personality and the way he created me, I, I think I forgive pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, that's not that... If when we're in relationship, mm-hmm. family, friends, whatever, mm-hmm. but to forgive someone that I may not confront or talk to, uh-huh. but that there's I, I need to forgive, right? Does Between that, you and God, right? Um, yeah, that place of forgiveness is really difficult mm-hmm. because it's easy for you to say, "Well, why not? I'm never going to see them. I mean, I'm never going to talk to them," but. You know, when I don't have permission to go into great detail about it, but you know, when someone does something to someone that you love, um, and you're required to forgive that mm. person, so he just will. He just nagged at me, nagged and nagged and nagged and nagged, like I could hear it. And my heart sensed it. <laughs> Didn't hear the exact words, but you know, my heart sensed it uh-huh. for sure. And I knew uh-huh. it was there, but uh-huh. I ignored it for a long time because I felt good holding on to that anger and that nursing place. that wound. Oh yes, because yeah. and it and and it was anyone on the planet would be like, "Well, that's rightfully so," because you had a right. You're justified in that, but we are not justified mm. in that. If we're requiring, I mean, the greatest commandment is to love one another. And, you know, even when we come before him in prayer, I mean, the Lord's prayer, forgive others. Like, that's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. As I have been forgiven, if I'm going to come to him in prayer, I, you, you need to forgive. Anybody that, that, that you need to forgive as, as you're praying, I mean, to clear that, that, that takes, that's harder And it has been done. It just was a place of um, being barefoot, Mm. on my knees, on my hands, and I had to do it through painting, Mm. which is right behind you. Um, This is your Inger painting? uh Uh-huh. And it's been layers and layers and layers. It started off, you know, throwing things at it, burning it, throwing some knives, throwing some knives. (laughs) Never hurt anybody. Throwing stuff on it. Um, and, stuff, and then idea. it is, yeah, I prayed I, on it. I walked on it. I stood on it. Wow. Um, Do you mind if I take a picture no, of the ahead. website? And it's, it's very heavy. It's a, just a big piece of plywood that I found in the garage. But um, it was like the words that I couldn't all get out. And there are words on it, too. Um, but my handprint and feet are on it. You know, the middle piece there ended up, was like my forehead, basically. Wow. Um, it's such a great idea. Just to come to the place of, you know, he got, it, it, he, I was in my pajamas when he said, go outside and, and, and paint huh. that day. It was very clear. And so I just 
yes, was mad and angry and decided I would deal with it. And mm. I was like, okay, God, enough. I will take that. I will stop ignoring that little. It was like I had put it in a little box and put it on a shelf for later. And I was like, okay, let's take it down. Let's hash it out. And so we had a lot of <laughs> arguing. We had a lot of um, back and forth, back and forth. And then it came to a place where he was just like, just get so close to the painting. Just do, just listen, just be quiet. Hmm. And I felt like I just was the paintbrush, kind of like I was doodling, like a, my mind was busy so I could just be still Let with it him. Go. Mm. And it's just stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke. No stepping back and looking at it, not even painting anything, but, you know, it was just, it was paint on the board. And hmm. um, what was weird, what kept coming out was I wanted to say, I forgive you, God. Mm. Wow. So you were holding something back. Against him. Which I had great fear in saying that, hmm. even acknowledging that, like those words in my head, hmm. and then saying them out loud, and then asking for forgiveness of even saying that too. <laughs> wow. But because something didn't go my way, or he didn't intervene, or didn't. You were blaming You know, I was blaming him. I was mad at him. Mm. But, you know, you. I could forgive the person I needed to forgive with him. And, and then it's, there was great freedom and chains fell off and it was completely different. And oh, there's wow. no forgiving of God. I mean, I, it's not. Just because things don't go our way. I mean, he says, take heart in this world, you're of trouble. But I have overcome. He knows. He sees all. But it sounds like he broke something in that. Even though he wasn't technically the one that needed to be Mm-mm. forgiven, he, he, you sense yes, something break in your spirit. That I can trust him yeah, completely. And, and he didn't have to hold something against him anymore in and a self-protective Right, and we're just way. passing through this yes. life anyway, that he's going to use all things for our good and for his glory. That's great. And to trust him in that completely, hmm. that no matter what, he's got it, that's it. So did you feel at that point it was necessary even to go to the other person and say anything? I, I don't have that opportunity to, mm-hmm. cannot. Okay. Um, but so you and God. I, yeah. Um, That's great. Yeah. Healed. Yes. Very redemptive. And had to do it several days, not like it was just that one time. In the process. <laughs> it is. It is. Amen. Any time that I feel like there's anything that would come up before I, I pray yeah. to him, I, I, I forgive wow. again. Because we're, we're to forgive wow. before, we, yeah. before we pray. Yeah. Leave it at the altar. When is the last time you felt joy from head to toe? I felt and feel joy head to toe every time. Well, even just to say, I mean, I, all three of my girls, yes. Mm. But especially um, with one of my girls who was really struggling, had a hard time, mm. was having a hard time. Every time I, I see her now, full of joy or like just last week running on the beach and being completely silly <gasps> and full of joy, then it is more like a grateful joy. Mm. That I feel. Uh-huh. Beautiful. When and we hung up artwork at the library with uh, our women from Craig together, joy from head to toe. Were they so proud? Yes. That's awesome. Yes. What are you most passionate about 
now that you're working on? Anything? Well, yeah, I'm really passionate about, um, I have a couple of ideas of some, some stuff I'm working on, but one in particular with all the, my heart pictures that I have, mm. I'll be doing something with those. Cool. Because whenever I was, you know, after my dad died and then, um, this, the whole story of me having to forgive someone, um, I saw hearts everywhere, and it was like God was leaving these little clues. They're everywhere for everybody of, mm -hmm. you know, take heart. Wow. Um, even the verse, you know, in Second Corinthians, do not lose heart for um, even though this body is decaying, mm. your spirit, your soul is being renewed, renewed. day after day after Amen. day. And so I think it's our responsibility as believers, as Christians, that we show the world, show everybody how to, how to take heart, what that looks like. Um, so maybe leaving some little secret, little, little presents, little gifts and places that are different than what I'm already doing. So fun. You I'm pretty address, passionate right? about that. I'm very <laughs> passionate about that because that's, I don't know, the three words that keep coming up is in plain sight, like he's in plain sight, That's in great. plain sight. So I, um, so fun. And I'm really working on like my character issue of listening more, mm. listening. Love your heart. Speaking of hearts. Hearts. And I do feel like he makes himself clearly seen through, not that you're perfect, but I mean, you know, he shows himself through us. Mm -hmm. to the world. He does make himself known. We're one of the ways. We've got his word, we've got prayer, we've got his people. Mm -hmm. So um, go shine your light. Thank you. In plain sight. Thank you for doing that. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Love you. I love you. I warned you, didn't I warn you? I get a little emo in there, as my teenage daughter would say. She would also tell me it was so unprofessional to keep all those tears in there, but it was real and it was raw and maybe you can relate or maybe it awakens a longing in you that you didn't even realize you had for real friendship, a deep friendship. Do you have somebody that like that that you can have a disagreement with or contend with on behalf of your own friendship? It's taken me years to get to this point where I will fight, where I'm willing to fight with a friend for the friendship. But like we said in the interview, this is a skill that can be learned, right? Like riding a bike. I can't say it's always fun to have this as your calling. I got to be honest, sometimes I'm like, you know, Lord, you could have given me something else, anything else to talk about, <laughs> because nothing gets to me like relational pain. And my thing, my passion that I feel called to talk about relationships obviously includes relational pain. You can't get away from it. I confess to you and Amy today how perplexed I am about the whole thing. It's so ironic. I mean, here I am doing a podcast about relationships and resolving conflict, and I keep finding myself knee-deep in, what else? Conflict. It's very humbling. In fact, the appointment that I mentioned in the interview, the mediation that I had scheduled with a friend, that appointment, sorry about my phone, that appointment was actually that next day after this recording was done. It's an old friend of mine, and we had been trying to work through this misunderstanding that we had, and it got pretty messy over text and email and even 
you know, a couple of phone calls. So for a while, it seemed like, you know what, this might be irreparable. I thought, man, the more we try to talk this out, the worse it seems to get. So as I prayed about it, I really felt like it would be wise for us to reach outside of ourselves right about now for help. I didn't know if she'd go for it, but when I brought up the idea of of having a mediator, she agreed. And it made me feel so valued that she considered our friendship important enough to meet with a counselor and talk about it. You'll be happy to know that having a mediator really did help us sort through the tangles. And we did end up forgiving each other, and we hugged for a really long time right there in the pastor's office. Someday, if we ever get the nerve... We may tell you that whole story here, too. We'll see. I don't think we're quite there yet. Too soon. I used to wonder if I was like a conflict magnet. I'm not kidding. I thought for a long time it was just me. But the more I hear from women about drama they're having in school or with coworkers or friends or neighbors, I'm convinced it's not just me. It's conflict is part of the human condition. But I think what happens is it's it maybe just becomes more noticeable when you're actually dealing with it in a healthy way. You know, sometimes I think it used to be easier to just sweep everything under the rug like I used to do and just go on and act like nothing ever happened. In some ways, it is easier. But I'll tell you what I found is the dust bunnies and the dirt that got swept away under the rug they sort of had this way of growing and breeding resentment and bitterness. And one little thing becomes like this living, breathing organism, like a monster that eats all the food in the house. And then it starts chewing up your shoes. And then it tears up all your furniture. And then it wraps around your soul like a boa constrictor. Wow, what a picture. Well, I had a boa constrictor of resentment around my heart for years. And now that I'm finally free of that, I don't ever want to live that way again. I value the importance of resolution now more than ever. I can't bring myself to go back to my old ways of conflict avoidance, even though it seems easier at times, because it was really awful and lonely. Nobody really knew me and I didn't really know them. I just can't make myself go back there. It's like C.S. Lewis said, the only place you're really safe from relational pain is hell. Okay, love, on a lighter note, I want to talk to you about Lent. Yes, I realize that Lent is over, but as you know, I was really trying to create a new habit of taking in the Word of God first thing in the morning before taking in anything else, including food, before taking in breakfast or paying any attention to my Instagram posts, which are right in your face even before you roll over. So, it, you know, I made it a goal to jump past all those in the morning and open my first five app instead. Most mornings, I didn't make this a hard, fast rule or anything. I wasn't trying to be legalistic. I I was, like I said, just trying to make it a habit. And they say if you do something for 21 days, it becomes a habit. So I did it for almost 40 all through Lent. And like I said, I missed a few days here and there. And I hope and prayed that it would just sort of lock in. And I really think it did. I really think it worked. So on the mornings that I missed, you know, I would just get back on track the next day. But it's great because now I feel like I can just go through the motions without even 
thinking about it. I brush my teeth. I go and down a mug full of hot lemon water. And then while I'm sitting down with my first five reading, I journal and I actually try to have my Bible open on my lap. And I think all of these things together, it's become a habit. It's like a little routine. It's so great. Great way to start the day. Also, love, I wanted to update you. Plans for our vow renewal ceremony are coming along. On all the personality tests, I always come in dead last for administrative or organizational skills. So that's why I start planning for these things months in advance. It's like I totally overcompensate every time. It's our 25th anniversary on the 25th of July. So my daughter was telling me that makes it our silver golden. (laughs) So we took some fun pictures to put on our save the date card, which my sweet friend Sarah Marrero is helping me with. You might remember Sarah from her interview with her mom and her sister. I have so many talented friends around me, which is a really good thing because I seriously cannot draw a single stick person. I will post the final photos and the card, the save the date on Instagram soon. And to see Amy's hard forgive painting that she talked about, go to her Facebook page or email her at amysheanart at gmail.com. Here's an endorsement. I'm Eric Hoffman. I'm executive pastor at Fellowship Franklin, and you are listening to Hey Love Podcast. I love that everybody I've had on the podcast has shared so openly about their relational struggles. You know, we do this to encourage you, definitely, yes, that's all part of it, but we also do it for ourselves because it's so good for us to hear us tell our own stories out loud. It reminds us why relationships are important to us, and it helps us remember what God has taught us about Himself. He cares about our relationships because He is a God of relationship. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing with a friend, one friend, or leave a review on iTunes, or both. Just a couple of little ways for you to live out love. Till next time, bye love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented rock star, keyboard player, producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back, and we'll talk more about how you can find your happy by living life more connected. Ha, ha, ha.